If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries like I am, you would have watched the latest series on Netflix. The last episode of the second series of the reboot, entitled Stolen Child, included several photos of other missing children at the end. One caught my eye. I'd never heard his story before, so I did some googling. Sadly, there is very little information on the sweet little boy's missing person case. Again, it is much thanks to the wonderful people at Web Sleuths and The Charlie Project that we can even tell you Kay Sean's story. And we have compiled what is out there to bring you his story today. This is Kay Sean's story. Tina Vanderhorst had her demons, long-standing problems with drugs and alcohol with stints in prison. Sadly, her addictions would not be her only struggles. By 1995, Tina had had four children pass away. Eight-month-old Terence Slaughter died in 1980, three-month-old Katrina Stevens in 1983, and 10-month-old Kenneth Stevens passed away in 1985. Doctors would attribute their deaths to pneumonia and sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS as it's more commonly known. Tina would have two more sons in 1986 and 1987. Tina would lose custody soon after the boys' births to the Department of Human Services' involvement because of her addictions and criminal past. The children's paternal grandmother would take custody of the boys, where they would remain until adulthood. Tina was a part of their lives, and she kept with the visitation schedule. She saw them regularly, and there were never any reports of her being inappropriate, just being loving towards the boys during these visits. Unfortunately, Tina was not able to stay clean, though, and by 1988, she was deep in her addiction to crack cocaine. During this time... Tina would fall pregnant again with her second daughter, Marie. Marie would be born premature and addicted to crack cocaine. Heartbreakingly, she would only weigh one pound at the time of her birth. Marie fought for her life, but she failed to thrive and would die at only four weeks old. Things seemed to spiral downward for Tina after this point, which is understandable, I guess. Losing four children in eight years, plus not having custody of your two surviving sons, it would take its toll on your mental health and your capability to cope with anything. Tina would find herself back in jail in 1993 when she was pregnant again. At the very least, this helped Tina to stay clean and she had a healthy pregnancy. Kay Sean Bryant Vanderhorst was born July 17, 1993, in the Muncie State Prison Hospital. He would be removed from his mother's custody immediately and placed into foster care, where he would spend the first 18 months of his life. Kay Sean thrived in foster care. He was a happy and giggly baby that was meeting all of his milestones. Upon release from prison, Tina was determined to turn her life around. She wanted to regain custody of little Kay Sean and would meet all the Department of Human Services requirements to do so. 
She completed a drug rehabilitation program. She passed regular random drug tests. She kept up with her parole officer. She secured stable housing on the 1400 block of 17th Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So because of this, Case Sean was returned to his mother's care in November 1994. One of the stipulations of Case Sean living with Tina would be regular counselling with a social worker to help her learn to care for Case Sean and to be a mother. Department of Human Services would also randomly visit to ensure Tina was keeping with her probation requirements. DHS workers would describe Tina in their reports as a devoted mother, that in the six months of regular visits, they found no evidence of drug use. And because they believed Sean was classified as being low-risk for abuse, as there was no evidence of Tina harming or neglecting her son, in August 1995, DHS closed their file on Sean determining they did not believe Tina needed any further supervision. Only one month later, Kay Sean would disappear, never to be seen again. It would seem that as soon as the supervision stopped, Tina went back to her old habits. Her drug and alcohol use was at an all-time high, no pun intended. Tina's boyfriend at the time even threatened to take Sean with him because of her risky behaviours. Neighbours, when later interviewed, would tell a different story at the time. They would report Sean always looking well taken care of and he was clean and well-dressed, that he would never appear hungry, that he did not appear abused, that she was never seen mistreating him, In saying that, Tina would frequently leave her two-year-old at the local convenience stores and fruit stands for short periods of time, or overnight with neighbours on occasion. Now, it is possible the neighbours did see or hear something, but then felt guilty because they didn't do or say anything. So when they were asked, of course, everything was fine. I'm not saying that was the actual situation here. As I said in the Lauren Jackson episode, Generally, the truth is somewhere in the middle. But neighbours would last report seeing Case Sean with Tina on September 25th, 1995. Obviously, there were questions. Tina's family wanted to see Case Sean. His older brothers wanted to see Case Sean. But Tina would claim that because of her relapse, DHS had taken Case Sean and placed him back in foster care. Something about Tina's story did not sit right with her sister, though, and she reported her nephew missing to the Philadelphia Police Department on October 13, 1995. Due to Kayshawn's young age and Tina's history, police went to her apartment for a welfare check on the child. Police reports would later describe the apartment as, quote, filthy, cluttered and rat-infested, unquote, a drastic contrast to the orderly family-friendly home that DHS would report only a few months earlier. Tina would repeat the story to police that she had told her family and friends that DHS had taken Kay Sean into their custody. 
However, the issue being when questioned, DHS had no record of a child by that name in their system. At a loss at what to do, police arrested Tina for a parole violation due to a positive drug test. Realising her cover was blown, Tina would change her story once she was arrested. She now alleged that she sold Kay Sean for $500 to buy crack cocaine. Tina claimed that one day, a woman who said her name was Virginia Graham knocked on her door. Tina claimed she had never met this woman before, but Virginia offered to take Kay Sean off her hands because someone told her that Tina was struggling caring for Kay Sean. Virginia gave her $500 and $20 bills and left with the two-year-old. When police asked Tina what she did with the money, Tina replied, quote-unquote, I got high. According to Tina, Virginia Graham was described as being an African-American woman aged around 35 to 40 years old. She was 5 foot 4 and 140 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. She was well-dressed, in a maroon skirt, a cream-coloured shirt, and well-manicured fingernails. That Virginia drove off with Sean in a light blue four-door sedan, with the letters AL in the licence plate number. She already had a white child seat in the car for Sean. The only other information Tina could provide to police was that Virginia claimed to be from the Philadelphia area, and that she was married with two children. Despite numerous appeals in the media and a detailed composite created, Virginia Graham has never been found. Because of her confession, police would then charge Tina with dealing in infants, endangering the welfare of a child, and corrupting the morals of a child. But then she would change her story yet again – Tina was now saying, via her lawyers, that she was high on crack and she took Kay Sean to a friend's fruit stand on Cecil B. Moore Avenue. This was something she would do frequently. She would leave Kay Sean at the fruit stand for short periods of time while she saw clients or scored drugs. But she would always come back to get him. But on this occasion in late September 1995, she was so high that she could not remember what happened to Kay Sean after that. I will show my hand now. In my opinion, this is the most likely story out of all that Tina alleges happened to her son. And she will change her story once more, but we will get to that. I don't believe Tina harmed her son, but given her increasing drug use, I do think this is a realistic story. And unfortunately, that someone then took Sean while he was waiting for his mother, who never came back. Or he got bored and wandered off, and then something untoward happened to him after this point. This does not excuse Tina of any liability. She is just as guilty as whomever took Sean. But I do not believe she murdered or sold her son. It must also be noted that the friend at the fruit stand, he was interviewed at length by police. He would state that, yes, Tina did often leave Kayshawn to play there and charm the customers, 
He would even give the toddler free fruit. He loved pears. But he couldn't say for certain if Case Sean was there on or after September 25, 1995, when he was last seen. Or if there was any occasions where he was just left there. Because sometimes he would get busy and Tina would take Case Sean without his knowledge. Case Sean was just there one minute and not the next but they would always come back after a couple of days. Regardless, in November 1996, Tina Vanderhorst pled no contest to child endangerment in connection with the two-year-old's disappearance. She was sentenced to at least two and a half years in prison. After her sentencing hearing, Tina would go back to her original story. Well, back to a different version of the original story. And Tina would claim that this was the truth this time. That a woman who said her name was Virginia Graham came to her apartment. But in this story, Virginia claimed she was a DHS worker. And she was there to take case Sean because he was no longer safe in her custody. Because Tina was high and drunk, and because of what her boyfriend was saying, Tina believed it and gave Kay Sean to her, quote, Is he dead or is he alive? I did not sell my child. I can sell my body. I can sell my possessions, but not my flesh and blood. Your Honour, I love my baby, unquote. Because of the uncertainty of what happened to Kay Sean, the police did reinvestigate the deaths of Tina's other children. No charges were ever pressed against her, and they remain deaths by natural causes. After Tina was released from prison, unfortunately, her life continued down the same path. She would be arrested for prostitution in 2002. She would spend the next decade homeless, living on the streets and selling herself for drugs. What would be a sad end to a heartbreaking story... But that, unfortunately, is not the end. On September 12th, 2016, the now 52-year-old Tina Vanderhorst fatally stabbed her friend Robert Lynch in his apartment 77 times and then set his body on fire. She would be charged with murder, robbery, arson and quote-unquote causing a catastrophe. On September 17, 2017, she would be found not guilty and acquitted of any wrongdoing at trial due to the lack of evidence. This year would mark 27 years since Kay Sean was last seen. His whereabouts and what happened to him has never been determined. At the time of his disappearance, Kayshawn Vanderhorst was two years old. He is African-American, two foot, and about 29 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. If Kayshawn is still alive today, he would be 28 years old. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kayshawn Vanderhorst, please contact the Philadelphia Police Department on 215 215- 
If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. This week's episode was researched, written, hosted and producted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music